Hello, and welcome to Miss D's Lunacy. Today, I would like to introduce to you a most epic performer dedicating his art to preserving and promoting the romance of jazz, cabaret, and songwriting genius of the Great American Songbook. He will tell you all about this musical talent. So without further ado, please welcome Cole Rumbo. Thank you so much, Miss D. It's great to be here. Well, you're so talented, and thank you for being on the show, because your story and history are fascinating. Of course, your talent is in your DNA, my dear boy, thank because you. of your family, and you're going to tell us all about it. So let's start about how you became the talent that you are as a child. Oh, well, let's see. Your mother. <laughs> my mother, yeah. Well, I have a very musical family. My my mother's side goes way back with music. My great-grandmother was an opera singer and violinist. And oh. my uh, grandfather used to conduct a few orchestras down in Florida where they live. And my grandmother is a church organist. And my uh, my aunt plays violin, my uncle plays cello, my mom sings and plays viola. And she, she used to sing to me growing up, lullabies before, before bedtime. When I was old enough, she, uh, she helped train my ear to, to sing in harmony. And I have three younger sisters, and when they were born and when they grew up, you know, we, we taught them to sing in harmony, and now we all sing together, four-part harmony, three- or four-part harmony. It's extraordinary. It's so much fun. I don't, you're almost sound like the Von Trapp family. Yeah. I mean, and now they've been, they've been teaching themselves guitar and ukulele, and so it's really, it's really fun to watch and listen to. So you were a soprano as a boy. Yes. And you play- As most boys start out. <laughs> that is true. That is true. That is true. And you were in the church choir. Tell us about that. The Congressional yes. Second... Uh, Second Congregational Church in Greenwich, Connecticut, where I grew up. That's where I took formal singing lessons, and I was classically trained. It was just a lot of fun. You know, there's a sense of teamwork and camaraderie when you're in a choir, how to get the best sound, and, and you all have to get your cutoffs at the same time, and produce the same vowel. And so we went on a few tours to Europe, and, and that was my first time. That's what started my love for traveling, and we went to England and Scotland and Denmark. Venice, Notre Dame, I mean, mm-hmm. it's extraordinary. Mm-hmm. You were singing in these beautiful, beautiful churches. Great cathedrals all over Europe. I was so lucky. Amazing. And, and the and, acoustics, oh ah, my God. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> yeah. They're so beautiful. I mean, every time I travel, I walk into a church because they are absolutely spectacular. It's very humbling. Very much so. Mm-hmm. And But they were so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of the churches were some of the saints that we had. They were demasked during the changes in the world. Yeah. In Europe, they took the faces off. Mm-hmm. It was very, very sad. And you recorded in Greg Arnold's mm-hmm. studio. Now, tell me about that. That's right. You just had Greg on your show. That's right. That's yeah, right. And I've... I went to a studio, and there you are, and you, you'll be pitchy pink. <laughs> well, uh, Greg is a great guy and a wonderful recording engineer. He was kind enough to let me record in his studio just for fun, you know. Uh, it was never released or anything when I was, uh, well, about the same time. I was 11 or 12. We wanted, my mom and I wanted to uh, to record my voice before it changed forever. That, that was a good idea. Yeah, I think so, too. It's, it's so very special this... to have something to show my children and grandchildren. <laughs> oh, God bless you. And Greg is doing so well. And we yeah. had the pleasure of having him on our show. And he's absolutely wonderful. 
So I'm just so glad that there's a connection. You see, we're all connected. We're all connected. We're it's all a small connected. <laughs> so you changed it to jazz. I think the jazz influence came in different stages. Of course, I remember growing up with The Wizard of Oz and Judy Garland. I didn't really discover, well, first it was cabaret music until Christine Andreas. Now, when I was 10, I, I went to my parents and my grandmother took me to Christine Andreas's opening night at the Carlisle. And that was just magical. I mean, she looked so glamorous and beautiful up there and made it look so easy, you know. Well, that's um, what they do. Up there in the lights, yeah. And everyone was there, you know, Arlene Dahl and Joan Rivers and, and I'm sure tons of other people I'd never heard of at that time because I was 10. And you were mesmerized. I was mesmerized. And, and that was it. I just, I have... I told myself I have to be there one day up there on that stage. Absolutely. And your father um, photographed. Yes, he uh, he's a very... photographer and he photographed Christine for her album, her first album cover. And so we listened to her in the car all the time. And I memorized all of her lyrics. And you told me something fascinating. You have actually memorized 550 songs. Over 550. I haven't counted exactly, I mean, but just around a, there, yes. You're, I mean, how do you sleep at night with all of this music? For like <laughs> well, I tell you, Miss D, <laughs> I, <laughs> I have, you know how some people get songs stuck in their head? Yes. Maybe for a whole day. Yes. That doesn't happen to me. I get a song stuck in my head every two minutes. It switches, and it's constantly going, and I can't switch it off. <laughs> But I don't know how you get an ounce of sleep because you're probably singing in your sleep. It's hard to fall asleep. <laughs> I can imagine. I mean, I have sort of recurring numbers. I actually am addicted to crossword puzzles and Sudoku, and I do them in my sleep, which is absurd. Oh, good for you. Well, they're supposed to keep <laughs> it keeps your... your brain active. Exactly. Yeah, my mom does them, too. <laughs> it's just crazy. And I'm going, what am I doing? And I'm waking up in the middle of the night going, the two should go over here. I'm going, what am I talking about? <laughs> but anyway, the jazz and the cabaret, which I think is divine, and Greg feels that it's sort of lost its touch a little bit, and I'm like, Greg, no. I don't it... I don't think so. Maybe the, the golden age, yes, but there is a, a very cool jazz scene in New York that's, really that's alive and well. Um, and cabaret. Among young people, there there was an article last year in Vanity Fair about it. All these twenty-somethings uh, singing and and playing jazz in New York, and it's, it's I think wonderful. it's wonderful. I think it's wonderful. I remember Shirley Temple and the tap dancing and all the trumpets and all the things and the oh my God, all the singers. Now Cole yeah. Porter, of course, was a big mm -hmm. influence. Irving Berlin, George Gershwin, Sammy Kahn, Jimmy, Jimmy Van Heusen, yes, and Harold Arlen and, and Duke Manc Ellington, Mancini. I mean, all Henry these Mancini, people. Hoagie Carmichael, oh. Marilyn and Alan Bergman, the list goes on and on. Cy Coleman. They were just Rogers magnificent. And Hart, Rogers and Hammerstein. Yes. I mean, they <laughs> were. Kern. They were the epitomized of what we remember. As the great American songbook. As the great American yeah. songbook, which is yeah. what is so fascinating because it's a revival. That's why they call them jazz standards because they're standard repertoire that everyone knows. I stayed at a hotel in Morocco once. I walked in and there was a, a pianist playing in the lobby. He was playing, I don't remember what he was playing, Misty, I think. He didn't speak a word of English. I didn't speak a word of, of Moroccan. <laughs> and I just started singing. It's a universal language. You know, we, we understood each other and, and we just you know, went along with it. It was really fun. It was really How cool. How fascinating. Yeah. It is. It's a universal language. And it's very 
around the world knows the same ones. And I always songs. say music is like vintage. You know, we did the disco era. You know, it's like clothing. You know, 20 years ago, don't get your Chanel gone because it'll be back in style. It'll be back, yeah. And music really does it's have a cycle. its cycle. <laughs> its cycle. It's like a pendulum. And the music of today is very much rap and all that sort of thing, which I'm not particularly fascinated by. No, me neither. <laughs> but I really love the days of El Morocco and the music of all the old days. Yeah. They're so magnificent. And so romantic. Absolutely. So romantic. So we're going to play a little song because I know that you've got to hear the voice of an excellent, talented performer. But you're going to tell us a little bit about it. And I think it's called If I Could Live Again. Yes. This song was written back in the early 50s, one rainy weekend up at my great-grandmother's Camp Top Ridge in the Adirondacks. My great-grandmother was Marjorie Merriweather Post. As my grandparents and their friends, Joe Cantor, who's a businessman, not a musical person, but he just came up with this tune in his head. He's whistling it. And his wife, who is musical, Nancy Reed Cantor, she was the only woman to play the piano and sing at the same time with the Benny Goodman Orchestra. Wow. And she's my my father's godmother. Wow. So Nancy said, what is that tune you're singing? And he said, I don't know. So she went to the piano and, and started playing it. And my grandfather said, well, I'll write the lyrics. And so he wrote the lyrics, um, Stanley Rumbo, for my grandmother, Dina Merrill. Amazing. Right and, then and there. Um, right then and there. And somehow Vic Damone got a hold of it and recorded a demo, which I have. I'm one of the few lucky souls in the world to have it. But it was never released for some reason. And it just sat up in the attic for decades. It was discovered and, and given to me and, and transcribed, to, you know, put on CD, and I wrote it out and I recorded it. And here it and is. we're going to hear it right <laughs> now. If I could live again or start my life anew, I'd never change this love, my everlasting love for you. If I could love again, perhaps with someone new, I couldn't even try because my heart would cry for you. The love we share is like the rarest wine A wine that sweetens with the test of time When autumn leaves will turn into a golden hue Just as the sky at twilight glows anew Romance will live on, still sweet and tender then. I'd never change my love if I could live again. my love if I could live again 
fabulous. It's so beautiful. It's so romantic. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. So you went to new school in the city to study jazz. Correct. And you had this amazing opportunity to sing at Le Cirque, which I have been to a few of your performances, which are extraordinary. I and love now, singing at Le Cirque. And you're still there for another year. I'm there for as long as they'll have me, but I've been there for three years, monthly, and they just invited me to sing weekly. So I must what, be doing something right. <laughs> you are, my friend. And what days would that be so that our listeners and our New Yorkers can sure. go hear you? Um, I start again October Thursday, October 13th, and every Thursday after that uh, until Christmas. Not, um, not including Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's amazing. And you sang in the Metropolitan Room. Yes. You sang this summer for six weeks in Southampton. I think a little less, but uh, yes, at Aurea. Aurea. Wonderful, brand new restaurant, delicious Mediterranean food. And I've also sung at Jazz at Lincoln Center, which was a lot of fun, for the Cabaret Convention, the Mabel Mercer Foundation. And you also won an award at a festival. Talk to us about oh, that one. Oh, no, 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 that's nothing. It's just a little... It's but, the Dobbs Ferry Jazz Festival. Yeah, I, it's not a big, it's not a small thing at all. I think it's well, amazing considering <laughs> I went to school there. It was fun. I think it was, it was great. Fun. It, it was, was a mar- beautiful performance right in the park on the water oh. on the Hudson. It was lovely. It was Sunset. beautiful. <laughs> now you sang Peter Duchin Band, the Bob Hardwick, and Alex Donner. Alex Donner. Yeah. Uh, you have sung, sung at a t- bunch of charity events and and galas and galas, private parties, yes. which you're mm-hmm. going to be doing in Palm Beach, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'm getting you all organized. Of course, if you could break <laughs> away, since you're a busy boy, Twenty One Club. Yes. Yeah. How fabulous. For a private party. Yeah. La Grenouille. La Grenouille. Yes. The Pierre Hotel. Yeah. The Breakers Hotel. Mm-hmm. My goodness gracious. So that was for the Red Cross Ball in Palm Beach. That was a lot of fun. And they honored my grandmother, and I got to sing uh, that song, If I Could Live Again, to her. That is so exciting. Yeah, a very special moment. Yes, and you're also doing uh, your primary charity is the New York Mission Society? Yes, yes. My family's been involved with that for, for many generations. They do great work. But seventh generation, that's... Seventh generation, yes. And what does it do? It it helps break the cycle of poverty for youth and families in underserved neighborhoods in New York, like the Bronx and Harlem especially. They have a wonderful after-school program, uh, lots of after-school programs, actually. They offer mentorship programs to help kids get into college, teenage pregnancy prevention, drug rehab, just whatever the kids need. Keep them off the streets. That's a great, great program. Good for you for doing that, Carl. Now, you also, February this year, Viennese Opera Ball at the Waldorf. Oh, yeah, yeah. That what was a hoot and a half. That was fun. Well, I was also an escort. I had a debutante that I was escorting, and it was a beautiful white tie and tails affair. And Our and favorite they asked me, Yes, our favorite. They asked me to sing at the after party, and that was by far the latest gig I've ever had. <laughs> they hired me from 1 to 4 a.m., and I had to get up the next morning. And it was packed, you said. You said it was packed. You said the place was packed. Completely packed till the end. (laughs) Isn't that extraordinary? It was so much fun. And then I had to get up the next morning and fly down to Florida and rehearse with the Sarasota Pops Orchestra, uh, which was also so much fun. I was on a high for days. Unbelievable. (laughs) Got to sing with, it's not every day you get to sing with big band and strings, you know? Absolutely not. 
Absolutely not. And I just love all the things that you're doing. And I fly up from Florida just to listen to you. Oh, and my friends you, leave Misty. with such a smile. And we just enjoy everything that you do. Now we're doing another song that you actually wrote, I believe. Let's talk I about did. that one. I did. I wrote it a couple of years ago. <laughs> well, it started as a class project at the new school. Our professor told us that the assignment for the week was to come up with a blues, a 12-bar blues. Now, this isn't a blues. It morphed into what you'll hear soon, but it started out as a 12-bar blues, and well, I have a good life. I have nothing to be blue about, so <laughs> I don't know what to write. So she said, well, just pick anything. And I said, well, how about chocolate? I love chocolate, and I don't know any any songs about chocolate. So so I wrote about that, and, and it just kind of morphed into verse after verse. I wrote so many verses, and they got dirtier as they went along, you know, all these sexual innuendos. But I decided that I wanted to consolidate it into a more concise well-crafted songs, so this is what I came up with. It's absolutely marvelous. Pour l'amour du chocolat. We're going to hear it right now. I think it's fabulous. Once I was accused of having a bittersweet tooth. The judge asked me, how do you plead? I simply had no choice but to fudge the truth Cause I'm guilty in the first degree Lady Godiva You've got what I crave Say we go to my place and misbehave Some like it steamy, I like it hot You can keep your vanilla Pour le mou du chocolat Give me a kiss, baby, ASAP I prefer the Hershey variety Tease me and please me with everything you've got Lead me into temptation Pour le mot du chocolat Should you indulge in a midnight snack I can guarantee Chocolate's the best aphrodisiac For making whoopee I'm in the mood for afternoon delight Wild anticipation for that very first bite Ancient Aztecs had the right school of thought Savor it slowly, pour le
champagne and berries alone just won't do. Not unless they come dipped in chocolate fondue. Do what I want, dear, and I'll treat you right. Give me some sugar and keep me up all night. Bake me a cake, and for heaven's sake, let me lick the spoon. Give me a taste of that chocolate shake, and send me to the moon. Lady Godiva, you're too good to be true. Shouldn't I feel naughty to nibble on you? Seduction will hit the right spot. Won't you be my guilty pleasure? Pour le mot du chocolat. Pour le mot du chocolat. Who wants a chocolate kiss? Fabulous song. Congratulations. Thank you. Now, your projects are so busy. Are you going to be able to sing in Florida in February by any chance? I hope so. I hope so. Because I'd like to have you... I'm planning on being down there anyway, regardless. I love Palm Beach. So I'd like to have a party with you singing to my guests. I would love it. Because that would be... Tell me when and where. You better (laughs) believe it. Because you're so busy now every Wednesday. Now, where can my listeners listen to your music? On YouTube. Yes. They can look for my name, Cole Rumbo. And I have a website, colerumbo.com, so you can see my schedule of upcoming shows. I'm working on an album as we speak, but I don't have a release date as of yet. Hey. But stay tuned. Sign it's up to my mailing Top list. Top Secret, on... stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> and Rumbo is spelled R-U-M-B-O-U-G-H. Correct. For yes. all of my listeners. And if you love this music, which I absolutely am passionate about, you will be enchanted and transported to heaven. Promise. I promise. If you've just heard those two songs that he wrote, they are absolutely magnificent. Thank you, Misty. Oh, darling, I see talent. Now, I'll tell you who's going to love your song. It's Philippe Bigard, who adores Chocolat. I love Philippe. I love Philippe, and he's going to be so happy because now we've mentioned all our friends, Greg and Philippe, who I've both interviewed, and Philippe's favorite activity is eating Chocolat. He's absolutely mad about it. (laughs) So I think this is a song we should probably tell him to absolutely listen to. Of course, his music is changing. Chamber music is completely different. Well, he's and, a very talented composer. Oh, he's so talented. I love talented. his music, too. So many of our friends are so talented, and we don't really realize the amount of work and the amount of enthusiasm that one has for one's art and how it has run our lives. Even though we've all known each other on a social basis, it has completely transformed our lives. And the talent is so there from day one and it's just to me fascinating and that we're all connected together we are we are i was a very good friend of your father's and your mother dina your grandmother dina merrill really liked me (laughs) she thought i was okay (laughs) and we'd have chats and i'd see her on the plane i'd help her put on the luggage and i'd always give her a big kiss and i thought she was just grand yeah she's the best she's a sweetheart 
But your whole family is so knitted together, which I find so lovely. It's very difficult to keep everybody together and knitted it together. It is, it is. And people move and they travel and they marry abroad. And it's always so nice for you to be able to have that niche and that wonderful place in East Hampton, which you grew up in as a child. Yeah, well, family is the most important thing to me. And I Family think, and music. Well, you know what? Those are the two most important things to most people. And I'll tell you something else I've already told on the show a few weeks ago. And they said they're going to go fact find you and make sure you're right. But people who have music, first of all, are mathematically inclined, as you well know. There's a mathematical sequence to music. But you also live much longer. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that? No, I didn't. I read an article about it, so whether mm -hmm. the article was correct or not. But because of the music, it brings your soul into some other place of peacefulness. And Well, that makes sense. And it keeps longevity. Leonard Bernstein lived a very, very long time. That and eat dark chocolate every day. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that. That'll keep me up all night. <laughs> no, it's true. A I, glass of red wine and a piece of dark chocolate, it's good for your heart. Well, let tell that to Philippe, because <laughs> he wraps it in cheese. I don't know what he does. He's come up with these recipes with chocolate and all sorts of things. I'm going, Philippe, hello. I mean, oh, he's magnificent. I adore the man. So now we know where to find you, Cole Rumbo. You've been everywhere. You've been in social media. You've been in magazines. You've been in articles, which fascinating. But this is my first podcast. Well, it's wonderful. <laughs> and and I'm I, thrilled to be here. I am so thrilled to have you because your talent, your kindness, your spirit, your elegance is beyond comparison. Oh, stop. You're going to make my head swell. <laughs> well, it should. It should. No, no, no. So now the third song is really fun. I mean, I love it. And it was. it's called This Could Be the Start of Something Big. Yeah. And I think you might have written that, too. No, no, no. No, no, no. This no, was no. written by Steve Allen, who is the original host of The Tonight Show. Wow. Yep. We gotta get ourselves on Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> Don't you think we should do a Jimmy duo Fallon there? Jimmy Fallon would be fun. Oh my God, he's like a twelve-year-old Arrested Development person, which is exactly where I belong. <laughs> I mean, at twelve years old, I sort of—I mean, not that I continued to grow, but I certainly didn't grow mentally or emotionally. I can tell you that much. Growing up is overrated. Uh, totally. I mean, I just love being sort of young and fearless. But unfortunately, I'm not so fearless anymore. So this song, I think, will put joy into your life. This could be the start of something big. And we're going to listen to it right now. You're walking along the street, or you're at a party, or else you're alone, and then you suddenly dig. You're looking in someone's eyes, you suddenly realize that this could be the start of something big. You're lunching at 21 and watching your diet Declining a charlotte ruse, accepting a fig When out of a clear blue sky, it's suddenly gal and guy And this could be the start of something big There's no controlling the unrolling of your fate, my friend Who knows what's written in that magic book But when a lover you'll discover at the gate, my friend Invite her in without a second look you're up in an aeroplane, or dining at Sardi's, or lying in Malibu alone on the sand. When suddenly you hear bells, and right away you can tell that this will be the start of something grand. You're doing your income tax, or buying a toothbrush, 
or hurrying home because the hour is late when suddenly there you go the very next thing you know is this could be the start of something great you're having a snowball fight or picking up daisies you're singing a happy tune or knocking on wood when all of a sudden you look up and there's something new oh this could be the start of something good your destined lover you'll discover in a frightening flash so keep your heart awake both night and day because the meeting may be fleeting as a lightning crash and you don't want to let it slip away you're watching the sun come up or counting your money or else in a dim cafe you're ordering wine when suddenly This could be the start of something. This could be the heart of something. This could be the start of something. Fine, so fine, so fine, so fine. All right. Thank you so much for coming, Cole. Thank I will you come for to your me. advance. Good luck at Le Cirque. Thank you. October 13th. Yes, that's your big day, October 13th. And Thursdays after that till Christmas. Well, that will be wonderful. Oh, I can't wait for you to do the Christmas songs. Oh, I love That's my favorite time of year, besides summer, of course. Oh, oh. my Lord. The wonderful. The Christmas songs. And the snow. Which ones would you be thinking of during the show? Oh, uh, White Christmas. And I like the obscure ones, too. Oh, there's one called Christmas Memories. I love that one. Wonderful. Well, I will certainly come and see you and wish you the best of luck because you are going to be a very, very big superstar. And I thank I, you. I hope so. <laughs> darling, I can tell. I'm a clairvoyant. Well, they say just do what you love doing. That's follow correct. your passion and the rest will follow. Exactly. That is absolutely correct. And I wish my audience well and I hope you enjoyed the show because I certainly did. And the songs are magnificent and you can find him on YouTube and on his website. And I wish peace for everybody at this particular time. And lead us not into temptation. We can find it ourselves. Have a wonderful day. God bless.